This is Seb from the Metal Gods Meltdown, and today I am joined by... By me, Steve Conti from New York City. It's great to be chatting this afternoon. Girl With No Name is a killer upbeat tune. How pleased are you with the responses so far to the video that you've released? Oh, thank you, mate. Um, it's kind of funny to be, to be uh, talking to you on a Metal Gods show, and it's such a power pop, you know, uh, melodic tune, but hey... I'll take it. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I love all kinds of music. And in fact, I was just watching a Randy Rhodes video the other day that uh, I was just reminiscing how great his playing was. Um, yeah, so the response has been great. Um, it's the second single from my forthcoming album, which is coming out in April of 24. It's going to be called The Concrete Jangle. And it's on Wicked Cool Records, a uh, little Stephen Van Zandt's label here in New York. And uh, I've written a lot of the songs with Andy Partridge of the band XTC. All right. Which I'm very proud of and, and happy about. Uh, this song, however, Girl With No Name is uh, one of mine that I wrote when, God, when I was a mere lad of, uh, let's see. Well, it was, it was 1984. Don't yeah. ask me to count. <laughs> so it was quite some time ago. But, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, to me, a good song never goes out of style. And I'd never really write trendy music anyway. It's like uh, my goal is to always write, you know, stuff that's classic for all time, you know. So, yeah, there you go. 1984, yeah, I was 14. 84, 84, 84 bro. Yeah, 84, <laughs> 84 man. Did I say 94? 1984, man. That's a long time ago. I yeah, mean, how pleased is it to have it released at last? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I had a demo of it. Uh, I was when I, when I was uh, writing with Andy, I was like, okay, we've written half the album together, and I was like, okay, I need the other half to be songs of mine that you know stack up against those great songs that he and I wrote. Because I'm a huge XTC fan, and you know his melodies are legendary. You know, so I went through some old tapes, and uh, you know I found this. I, literally, if you could see my studio here stacks of these i mean yeah. hundreds of cassettes 90 wow. minute cassettes filled with ideas and uh you know i always remembered this song because i knew it was uh you know I, I i wrote it when i was really heavily listening to xtc and and a lot of beatles yeah back then when i was uh, a lad and um so i never forgot the song but i had to like remind myself of uh, a couple of parts uh -huh. so i went back and listened to the demo and uh it was uh as good as I had hoped it was, and and it it stood the test of time. Absolutely, man. So, can you tell us a little bit about the new album? Then, is it going to be sort of on the same sort of line as "Girl with No Name"? Uh, "Girl with No Name" is the poppiest song on the album, for sure. Right. Um, it, it's not a dark album. It's it's pretty bright, and uh, it's you know. I've been releasing albums uh, on my own. Let's see. Well, my first band, Company of Wolves, came out in 1990, and we were like a sort of bluesy hard rock band. We were on Mercury Records, uh -huh. uh, but we also had a wide variety of influences. I mean, we we loved the Georgia Satellites, we loved the Stones, we loved early Aerosmith, Cheap Trick, you know. So it was like bluesy hard rock with melody, you know. Yeah. And um, and then my brother and I released a couple of uh, my brother was in the band, my brother, John, great bass player. Uh, he and I split off and did our own band called the Crown Jewels and where we sort of got even bluesier and went more like the humble pie, 
faces, Jeff Beck group, Zeppelin, you know, kind of thing. And then um, kind of reeled it back a little and I got, you know, more uh, classy with my songwriting, shall we say, like uh, better lyrics and, and, um, and, uh, and that ever since then, um, I've been combining both, you know, where the lyrics have to be, you know, it can't, it's not enough just to like sing your ass off and, and play great. The songs have to have some real poetry. The lyrics have to have some poetry and some meaning. So, um, but I, I had yet to do a record that was really showing my earliest influences, like my 60s influences, like when I grew up uh-huh. I was, I to the pop radio and it was, you know, the Who and the Beatles and the, you know, the British Invasion bands in the yeah. late, late 60s, mid to late 60s, you know. Um, and uh, so, you know, th- this album is like those influences finally coming out on record. Um, which, you know, I've written, you saw the cassettes, you know, I have piles of them with that kind of stuff, but yeah. I've just been releasing like, you know, and since I was in the dolls, you know, I, I loved uh, the, the sort of uh, just seat of the pants, you know, rock and roll garage band kind of vibe because it was really fun and, and easy and you didn't have to labor over it, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is is getting back to more song craft and production craft. I play a lot of keys on it, where I play uh, you know string arrangements and um, organ, piano, and I'm not a real keyboard player, but I can play well enough to play on my own records. Nothing fancy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's very melodic and a bit psychedelic at times, and very power pop. And um, I'd say it's like '60s, '80s. 2024 brilliant so are you planning to take the band out the album out on the road and i mean you still work with michael monroe could you not do like a support slot thing for him and then go on stage oh no no that wouldn't work <laughs> i mean number one I, I wouldn't want to uh play two gigs in one night like that but also um well i mean you know if i did some of my punkier material you know um, but this kind of stuff, I'm, I'm not sure. I, who knows? I mean, you know, with, with Michael, we we play and we toured Motorhead. You know, I mean, we. So you know, it, it doesn't always have to be exactly the same kind of music. But um, uh, I, you know, I would tour with someone like Michael, but I wouldn't want to play two gigs in one night like that. You know, um, but there's not there's not many people out there like Michael. I mean, we've been hoping with Michael to hook up on a big tour like you know we've done dates with alice cooper and guns and roses and slash and but uh we've yet to like go out on a and motorhead we've yet to go out on a tour more than like a week or two you know yeah two or two three weeks maybe with somebody you know so well it's all about michael i interviewed it i've interviewed him a few times actually but i interviewed him at the rock the coast festival in spain 2019 oh yeah yeah i remember yes that was fantastic fantastic that was in uh, Costa del Sol. No, where was that? Bengarola. Uh, Bengarola, yes. Yeah. Our drummer Carl. Our drummer Carl moved there after. Did he? He liked he liked it so much. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing, man. Honestly, but you were amazing that night. Um, I remember interviewing Michael though, and Rainbow were on the stage, weren't they? And I was like, I was really torn because I've always loved Rainbow. And, oh yeah. Uh, Ronnie Romero just was amazing, and Richie Blackmore. I was in the pit, photo pit. He even smiled. I was like. 
That's <laughs> unbelievable. I was really surprised to see Rainbow on, on the on the gig. I didn't even think they were back together. Yeah, it was Ronnie Romero. Are they? Or no, it, I think uh, it was a one-off. One-off, yeah. I think it was like, but it was an amazing night. Anyway, um, so where do you then all get your energy from? Because I've seen Michael a fair few times, and the guy is still like climbing on on the barriers and all sorts. It's unbelievable. That's, yeah, that's his thing, man. You know, everybody's got their thing. You know, my, um, you know, what I do is different from what he does. I mean, he is a real like rock star front man, you know, yeah. acrobatics and, you know, image. And, you know, sometimes I could care less about that stuff. You know, I just uh, kind of, um, I mean, I don't roll out of bed and get on stage, but, uh, um, you know, I mean, I like to look good, but um, my focus is more on writing Great melodies, great lyrics, great songs, playing great, and um, you know, not so much in the performance, you know, area. But you know, yeah. uh, I I wish I was like that, but uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't have that kind of uh, you know front man thing. You know, I mean, there's plenty of room for all kinds of front men and mm -hmm. uh, lead singers, and um, you know, I'm a different kind of guy. I'm a you know, I'm a musician lead singer. <laughs> cool. Work, you know? Yeah. Well, you've been in the music scene industry a long time and the world has just changed beyond recognition, hasn't it? Are you glad then that you, you started back in the 70s, 80s rather than now when it's just flooded with so many bands and Spotify and stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you told me when I was, uh, you know, 11 years old, starting to write songs and, and thinking, you know, hey, this is what I want to do with my life as a career, and uh, you know, and then someday you'd not be able to make a living selling records, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't have done anything different. I would have kept doing it. But, you know, it was just a real uh, surprise, actually, that, but, you know, it's been gradually happening for, for years. I mean, when my band company, Wills, got our first record deal, record deal, you know, because I grew up with vinyl. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, our first record came out and there was no vinyl it was just cds you know it was 1990 and yeah. they weren't seeing vinyl here in the us i think it came out on the vinyl on vinyl in the uk and and maybe parts of europe but we didn't get any vinyl here it was all cds and you know as soon as the digital stuff started it started going you know the business for the artist anyway you know, yeah I'm sure the the record business you know was making shitloads of money but um yeah because they could resell everything that they already sold on vinyl on cd and yeah. then you know then when itunes came in and you know digital stuff well first was napster killing everything with yeah. free, free you know music and then the companies figured out how to uh how to make money off that and then and they're still you know and spotify pays you nothing yeah basically you know i hate spotify so, uh, you know i mean i i keep making music because I love it and I have to do it. And, uh, you know, um, if I have to get another job, I will, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had, an, uh, since let's say the last, uh, real job I had, I was right. probably 20. Right. Okay. Uh, I know. She's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Great eyes. Um, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the last thing I did was I painted houses when I was uh, 20 years old. And, and then since, 
yeah, when I stopped doing that, um, I mean, I was always playing music too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I haven't, uh, in all those years, I haven't done anything other than play my guitar, sing, write a song, or write music or record music for, you know, all those years since, since the 80s. You know? yeah. So the next one then, like I say, been in the career in the music industry a long time. What is the most outrageous thing you've ever done in the name of rock music? Not quit. <laughs> no, um, outrageous boy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a uh... next question. <laughs> you have to take the fifth yeah <laughs> yeah it might be uh you know i'm only thinking of the really bad things that i wouldn't want to talk about here all right. All right. um you know i mean we had some some wild times in the uh, 80s and 90s yeah um, and uh yeah not, not anything i'm particularly proud of sharing so <laughs> fair enough you know. all right so there'll be many but if you could catch a standout moment in your musical musical career just out of the air now which one would you choose playing with chuck berry okay that's amazing yeah. that was uh it was uh, one of the most amazing nights of my life actually because chuck was my hero from way back you know when you know first i got into the stones of course and keith and and beatles and you know zeppelin and the who and everything and uh when i realized that you know the Stones and Beatles were doing Chuck Berry songs. I was like, "Oh, I got to check out Chuck Berry." And uh, and I think I I worked in a when I was sixteen. I worked in a pizza place or fifteen, and they had a jukebox, old school like rock all yeah. jukebox, you know. And um, Chuck Berry's single at the time was "My Ding a Ling." You oh yeah, that yeah, yeah. Goofy little song, but the uh, the B side, you know, they had actual forty five. Uh, mm you know, seven inch records in the yeah. jukebox. And the other side of that record was a live version of Johnny Be Good. All right. From, uh, I think it was the, the London sessions or something. And uh, I would just, you know, every time I would be at work, I'd just like grab a quarter from the catch register and go over and, and play that tune. Yeah. And um, eventually I got a Chuck Berry album, Chuck Berry's Golden Decade with like all the songs, original songs from the fifties. And so when uh, we got the call to play with Chuck, uh, my brother and I, uh, we had a blues band called the Hudson River Rats. And the uh, promoter called and said, do you guys want to back up Chuck? And we were like, hell yeah, man. We've been listening to those records since we were, you know, 13. And that's yeah. the first guitar solo I ever learned was Johnny Be Good. Right. And, uh, so, you know, we, of course, said yes. And uh, and I heard that, uh, you know, Chuck said he was going to throw me off the stage because he didn't use any, any other guitar player. You know, the promoter told me this because Chuck asked, who's my band tonight? And the promoter yeah. said, pick him up from the airport. Oh, it's the Conti brothers, John on bass, Steve on guitar. He said, guitar? I don't use no guitar player. And uh, the promoter said, oh, no, Chuck, you know, Steve's cool. He's he laid back. And Chuck said, I'll give him one song. If he ain't happening, I'm going to throw him off the stage. <laughs> so... Um, I laid way back for the first like five tunes and then Chuck actually gave me a couple of solos. Wow. He gave me four four solos, which I was like flabbergasted. I was like, man, I thought it was gonna get thrown off. And then he broke his high E string at the beginning of Johnny Be Good. And all I could think of is, 
what happens in the middle? I mean, when he does his iconic, you know, solo in the middle, and sure enough, you know, Johnny be good points to me. Wow. <laughs> you know, I've been waiting my whole life for that solo. And so, yeah, it was, and, and I have the whole thing on film. Someday, wow. someday I will uh, put it out there on YouTube. You should definitely, mate. That sounds amazing. You should definitely get that up on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. So next one then. If there was a song about yourself, what would it be called? Oh, boy. Shoot. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> All right. All right. Something with soul in it, though. Because yeah. uh, soul is very important to me. Like, you know, you can, um, I don't mean like necessarily soul music, like uh, I'm playing uh, I'm in the Temptations or something, but um, music with soul, you know, it's written with soul and sung with soul and played with soul, real feeling and, and uh, you know, not uh, trying to show off and not from the head, but from the heart and the balls you know what i'm saying yeah totally man <laughs> okay so go back to the album would it be releasing any more singles before release date <clears throat> yes um there's a rough plan uh to release one more uh, let's see one single in february then we start pre-orders in march another single and then when the album comes in April, another single. So three more. Brilliant. All and right. those will be uh, digital. I, I have, um, let's see if I have it handy here. I did uh, the, the first single was called Fourth of July. And that was one of the ones that I wrote with Andy Partridge. That's All right. right wow. Here. Cool. Cool. And uh, Excellent. I, I still have some copies of that left. People who right. Just uh, hit me up. During yeah, our, please, mate. On my, available on my Bandcamp page or you know, All right. everything on my website, steveconti.com, stevecontimusic.com, same thing. Um, I did a video for that, a video for uh, the new one, Girl With No Name. They're both on YouTube. But all those links are on my, on my website to, to Bandcamp, to YouTube, to my Facebook, Twitter, all that crap. You know. So, the, but the uh, next singles will all be digital. Okay. All right, man. The, the, the singles that the label does, they do a limited edition. They print 300 singles and that's it. And once they're gone, they're gone. They don't do anymore. So, so uh, hit me up if you want one, folks. I Pretty sign them. I do it right here in my home studio. I sign yes. them and I, I send them out. Look, here's one ready to go. Excellent. All right. Um, yeah. Bloody cat, sorry. <laughs> He's a little star. Okay. Can you give me then four words to describe Steve Conte? Um, soulful. Um, passionate. Skilled. And honest. Brilliant. I just want to pretty ask you about the Guns N' Roses experience and when he'd been on tour with them. That was, well, that was last year, actually. We played, we played Tottenham uh, Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, that was, uh, it was the first rock show at Tottenham yes. Stadium. 
and yeah. we were the third act on the bill, right? So we were playing first with Michael. Yeah. It was Michael Monroe, Gary Clark Jr., and Guns. And since there had only been football games there before, yeah, we and we were on first. We were supposed to be the first band to ever play Tottenham Court, uh, Tottenham uh, Hotspur, um, but. Something happened with guns before the show and they were holding the show. They were holding, people were outside. They were given no answers to why they weren't being let in. We were supposed to play at six. People were queuing since, you mm. know, or whatever. And they were out yeah. there all day and they didn't open the gates until like seven. And it was past our stage time. So we didn't get to play. Gary Clark Jr. ended up being the first I don't think I'm at liberty to say what happened uh, right. with the guns, but uh, we played the next night. So we were right. we were scheduled to play two nights with them. The um, mm. that happened the first night, and then the second night we went on as uh, as planned. And you know, it's I don't know how many people the stadium holds a hundred thousand, eighty thousand. Uh, but you know, of course, when you play that early, it's maybe you know a quarter filled, but still. Yeah. It's, 20,000 yes. 30,000 people you know it's, it was great yeah. so it's going to be five fast questions now so try not to think too much the first one is favorite drink red wine yeah favorite food italian uh, favorite pastime music <laughs> your favorite album ever revolver brilliant and the final one is your favorite inspirational person. Hmm. John Lennon. Thanks, y'all, for, you know, tuning in, checking me out, checking out the podcast here. Or is it a podcast, technically? Or? It's going to be on Video. YouTube, SoundCloud, all sorts, all over. Yeah. Okay. So people will be hearing it as well as uh, seeing it. Yeah. it. Yeah. So just know for you, people listening and not seeing my hair looks really uh, quite amazing right she got hair <laughs> um, <laughs> well not bad for uh, waking up and uh, kind of rolling out of bed you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have a really good hair cutter my mother-in-law right. uh, she wouldn't want me to advertise it then everyone will be knocking on her door um anyway so uh yeah thanks for checking out uh the podcast and the video podcast and um you know, you can find me on, like I said, steveconti.com. I'm on all the usual social media sites, Facebook, Bandcamp. Bandcamp, you can get all my uh, CDs, vinyl, T-shirts, all that stuff. And um, YouTube, my videos are all there. And, uh, um, you know, I write back. So uh, hit me up okay. and, you know, send me an e email from any of those links or a message. And um, let me know.
that's okay. 